now let's let's get away from payroll. It's it's really not as interesting as the rest of HR. We all know that. Um, so, Amy, I was curious on uh, you know for you, you're working more with the, uh, the the talent modules of 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 SAP Success Factors. What are some of the things that you've seen through 2017 that uh, uh, you'd like to talk about, and and how would you like to see them change for 2018? Thanks, Steve. Um, I was nodding off a little bit during that payroll discussion. <laughs> yeah. no, well, you hung, it was, you hung in there. Great. Stuff. It was awesome. Thanks. I, I, I always learn a lot when I uh, listen to you guys talk about payroll. Um, so, you know, I think I'll start with recruiting and onboarding. Um, as I spent most of 2017 um, writing a book on that topic yes, you did. that nearly, nearly killed me, but you know, people can go pick up a copy at uh, SAP Press website. Do people recognize you um, in airports now that you've made oh, that book? That's right. That's right. Yes. I, I can't go anywhere without the paparazzi following yeah. me everywhere. Oh, um, so, you know, I think with with um, recruiting specifically, um, I wouldn't say it was a huge year in terms of, you know, new releases, but what SAP is finally starting to do is um, kind of integrate it more with, you know, bringing it on to MDF and mm -hmm. they're just starting to introduce uh, the business role concept in recruiting. And as someone who's been implementing that, that product for a while now, um, that, that has been much needed because, you know, I always hated having the conversation with a customer, especially, you know, when they just got done doing employee central or something, or we're doing it at the same time. Uh, trying to explain how, well, I realize that you have foundation objects in Employee Central, but nope, they don't really don't flow over into recruiting. So that was a much a much needed um, thing, uh, enhancement. Uh, I look forward to seeing in 2017 how, um, you know, SAP continues to build out recruiting, um, MDF into recruiting, and then those business roles. I think there's, you know, much need for that. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know what Luke and if Luke and Brandon have anything to say about that one, but um, you know that's been good. Somebody, go ahead. Somebody's going to say something. So, well, I'll I'll jump in on the business rule front. I'm working with a customer right now where we've gotten a lot of value even out of the first wave of the business rules, where you can uh, you know add some intelligence mm -hmm. behind things. It's it's so refreshing. I work in EC and recruiting. And in, in, in EC, we've had all these tools available uh, with uh, business rules that we haven't had in RCM. And it's it's been great that uh, we've had that um, added in on, on the uh, RCM side. And I, and I look forward to more of the system being yes. uh, made available to that. And the, the other thing that uh, I, I'm really looking forward to, and I can't wait for it to finally get here, is the uh, candidate relationship management functionality that's been um, – supposed to be part of RCM for a while now, and it looks like hopefully we're going to get uh, a, a rollout of that in 2018. So fingers crossed on that as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I concur with that, Brandon. Um, I haven't yet had the opportunity to use the business rules in recruiting, but I'm looking forward to uh, to doing so. So I'll have to I'll have to give you a call when I, we get there <laughs> um, to see how that goes. But um, so, you know, I think that's all been positive. Um, you know, what, two years ago was a huge, a huge year in terms of recruiting functionality for SAP. And then it's kind of been um, some dribs and drabs since then. But, um, you know, I think that the product is in, is in good shape. There's just some, you know, things that SAP can continue doing um, to enhance it out and make it really more integrated. 
Um, and then, you know, from an onboarding perspective, um, you know, they've been talking about this kind of overhaul, if you will, of onboarding in 2018. And, you know, I think that definitely I'm looking forward to that as well. I will wait and see what that really ends up being. Um, you know, I've always kind of described onboarding as, you know, like we had recruiting, which was kind of a, a square peg and we had employee central, which was kind of a round, you know, peg and, we could, we just got those two things, you know, kind of talking to each other. And then SAP inserted this like polygon up in between the middle of them is with onboarding. And it just was painful for a while. Um, it's gotten less painful, but I'm looking forward to it being no, no pain, not painful at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I, that might be, you know, I might be getting my hopes up there a little bit, but I think that an overhaul of that platform is, is needed. And, um, you know, will be very welcome. So I'm hopeful for that. We'll, I have no idea what that's going to look at, look like, you know, mm-hmm. we'll see at the at next year, next December, we'll see what um, we have to say about that. But um, so that's, you uh-huh. know, that's what I, my thoughts on recruiting and onboarding for this year, what I'm looking forward to next year. Um, I think from us, you know, some of the other talent modules, I'm seeing a lot of my customers um, actually start uh, doing more with calibration and with development and, um, you know, I think that some of the new features like the mentoring program and development and, um, you know, just kind of the new UI and calibration is really making it um, more a part of the overall, you know, uh, talent module or the talent uh, suite, mm-hmm. which is good. Um, I would love for SAP to uh, update the UI for the 360 multi-rater mm-hmm. because there are still some customers that use that and it looks horrible. Um, but you know, those are some of my thoughts. Interesting. Yeah. I think Jarrett has a question for me. Do you have a question, Jarrett? Yeah, I was just, I was just, uh, I was just curious, you know, I saw that Amy Wilson, you know, she's public, came out of several times and just talked about, you know, uh, getting the suite integrated was, uh, was mm-hmm. one of the big priorities in 2018, which I thought was pretty neat because I thought that's something that, you know, should have been on the roadmap a while back, but it's not that mm-hmm. sexy new offering. Right. I'm just wondering in the areas that, that you play in. Have you started to see that, or is that mostly going to be a 2018 thing? And, and I guess, would you expect much disruption for customers with, with that, or would that be more of just benefits for new customers? Um, I have started seeing it a little bit, you know, specifically like with, you know, um, recruiting, as I mentioned, like, you know, introducing the business roles and MDF. Um, so I'm starting to see a little bit of it. Um, I think I'm hoping that we'll see more of that in 2018. Um, I don't know that it's really disruptive um, for existing customers, you know, kind of what I'm, I'm not really sure how to advise my, you know, customers that are looking at onboarding right now, um, because not really knowing, you know, like the timing of what they're going to do with onboarding. Um, You know, I I don't know. I don't know if a a customer's, you know, in January really wants to start implementing onboarding. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if anybody else on the call has any has heard anything, uh, you know, about what um, the plans are for onboarding or timing wise. But I think mostly, you know, it it won't be that disruptive. I think it'll just you know enhance both new customers and existing customers. Yeah, I think um, it's it's in uh, beta right now um, with plans for um, a plans I think to become general availability towards Q three of 2018. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, underst- I understand that um, there will be a migration path for existing customers, um, but that won't. That will be secondary to getting the solution live and, and enabling new customers to get on and implement it. And then they will look at migrating uh, existing customers onto the new platform, probably towards the, uh, the end of, of 2018. At least that's what I understand um, right now. Mm-hmm. But I think, um, you know, one, um, based on what you've said, for, for any customer looking at going, going with onboarding in the next uh, yeah, couple of quarters, it's probably worth doing a little bit of deep dive uh, with yeah. SAP on exactly what that's going to look like and whether it's even worth doing it and, and instead just waiting for the uh, for the new version instead of implementing something and then having to go through a migration, especially because we don't know what that look like, looks like today mm-hmm. and how much different the new solution will be versus the old one. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes down to the change management and the adoption is, you know, we know that a lot of employees don't are not always receptive to change, let alone implementing something and then changing it six or nine months later. Yeah. Doesn't really go down that well with employees. So be careful that about for that. me is one of the biggest considerations. Yeah. yeah. More than anything else. Yep. Agree. Well, Luke, it's your turn. So what what uh, has been interesting for you in twenty seventeen and how would you like to see it develop in twenty eighteen? I mean, there's been there's been a, a couple of interesting things this year. Um, I've really I've really been um, encouraged and excited by you know, the acceleration of of the momentum of customers looking at and moving to Employee Central in Europe. Um, we know that from from a technology perspective, of course, uh, typically the US is is often um, you know they're often pioneers, and then you know from a European perspective, the, it's normally the UK gets on board, and then and then mainland Europe. And I, and I feel that with Employee Central, we've kind of hit that um, point now where, where you know, Europe has caught up to where the U.S. has been for a couple of years mm-hmm. in terms of, of, of customers uh, actually implementing Employee Central and, and, and using it for their core HR. So that's, be, that's been really exciting, especially seeing some of the bigger customers um, moving to it um, you know, in countries like Germany, mm-hmm. um, seeing customers in Denmark and the Nordics, Belgium. France, Italy, you know, pretty much everywhere there are big customers making the move. So that's, that's, that's really encouraging. And I, and I think by, by the time that we get to Success Connect in Berlin in June um, next year, that there'll, there'll be a, you know, a, a really, really strong momentum for that. And I'm looking forward to seeing that. Good. And also, um, it, it, it's, it's, my, it's my birthday around the same time as the, uh, as the conference. So <laughs> if anyone's going to Success Connect in Berlin, let me know. Yep. We can get together for a, for a birthday drink. Yeah, I would love to. Um, yeah. Well, I might now party yeah, exactly. in Berlin for Luke's birthday. I, I think we should, right. we should have a podcast reunion. We can do our reunion. podcast live. Exactly, yes. <laughs> podcast live from Berlin. I like Three it. or four drinks in. Three or four Please. drinks start, in, exactly. Start planning now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so so luke oh, what's, what what's the landscape in in europe like i mean is are you seeing success factors having to compete with workday and some other other competitors or is it pretty much just if someone has sap they're upgrading to success factors um it, it's it's a little a little like that mm-hmm. i think there's definitely competition from workday um but it's not as strong in europe you know europe is mm-hmm. 
Europe understands the the concept of localizations very well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something I think that, that that kind of goes over the heads of a lot of um, a lot of uh, American based customers. Um, they don't, they don't they don't really understand or see the value as much mm-hmm. as the European customers do that have a lot of regulations um, in a lot of countries and it and it differs from from country to country. Sure. Um, you know, if you if you're if you're a company based out of Belgium and you're in you know, seven or eight countries in Europe. You're very familiar with the fact that you know that you've got four or five neighboring countries, and you know they all have different regulations. Mm. Very different to somewhere like the United States, that just borders to you know you know two other countries. And mm-hmm. I, I think that is one of the one of the drivers for for success factors is is uh, an SAP is their strong um, knowledge and um, you know assessment of of um, you know local compliance. Yeah, and the fact that they have you know two hundred people that just watch this all of the time. Yeah, that's their um, heritage. Makes a big difference. Yeah, they grew up in that environment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and they understand they understand time management, they understand payroll, and they understand all of these things on a local level. And and I think you know for you know someone like a Workday, which is mainly you know North American based, um, and still young, it, they're not quite they're not quite there yet in terms of localization, the way that. Um, success factors is so i think that that is that that has some something to do with it and, and also of course you know sap being uh originally you know a european company um you know it's on their door, doorstep while you know for some of the competitors like work they they're still moving into europe mm-hmm. um and, and and it may be hard for them to get that momentum in europe versus the momentum that sap are getting right now sure, sure. um so yeah um, and actually, the other topic um, that, that has been of interest to me this year and will become a very hot topic for next year um, and related, actually, to, to, to Europe is um, the GDPR. Mm, yeah. you know, it's, it's become quite the buzz recently. We've seen um, you know, SAP uh, releading, releasing white papers and articles, and I've seen some partners, and, and, and we've been advising some customers on GDPR, and we're going to have some content coming out as well. Um, you know, over the course of the next few months to help further educate customers because it, it has an impact on how you manage HR. It's not just, a, um, you know, about data retention. It's not about systems because it's also, it, it's any data, whether it's on paper or in Excel or in a, in, in a HR system. You know, you have to have specific onboarding and offboarding processes to handle um Activities like getting the consent from the employee to store the data, mm-hmm. um, you know, from managing the retention of data, making sure that data is deleted um, when it needs to be deleted, uh, or um, you know how data is transmitted and stored. And then, there, you know, if your customers, um, the customer data center is in, you know, China, how does how does a customer um, how does that customer when they have several um, uh, several thousand employees in Europe? handle that mm-hmm. you know so there's a lot of things to to think about and i think um for a lot of customers it's still very unclear mm-hmm. um on on the you know, the the business side of that from the technology side um sap have spent uh, a bit of time developing some some aspects of success factors to be to enable customers to be gdpr compliance so there's several features coming out in the in the q1 um release that are going to enable, you know, a better data retention and purging and logging and auditing and all of those sort of features, which customers need mm-hmm. to be able to, to keep on top of, uh, you know, their, their GDPR compliance. Because as we discussed in, the, in that podcast um, that we did, Steve, um, not too long ago, 
there are big fines for for non-compliance yeah and yeah. It, it, it's a it's a big topic so I, i'm looking to see how how things work out um, not just from the, the technology perspective which i think sap are gonna have a good handle on but also you know how customers are handling this from a business perspective how are their processes changing um how are they how are they handling the complexities of data transmission in and out of the eu yeah because that's 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 going to be one of the one of the biggest things yeah yeah the sense i get with gdpr um from the podcast we had with with kim leslie and just from getting more familiar with it after that is that um it's really sort of sucked up a lot of resources and success factors and it's really um you know it like you said it's very complex it has a big impact on the system and they have to deliver that so um you know surely that's impacted other things in 2017 Yeah. Yeah, Steve, I'll, I'll echo that point. Yeah. Um, um, as far as GDPR, first thing I will say, though, on G- GDPR before I, I jump into that to that point you were just mm-hmm. making was the fact that um, on the positive side, the fact that SAP can marshal the resources uh, to make such major changes um, uh, to to react to uh, uh, compliance requirements from from uh, the EU is very much in uh, in uh, SAP's favor because they have the resources necessary in order to do that. And so, um, you know, we give we do give SAP a hard time a lot, and rightfully so. But this is one area where I think you could see that because they have the domain knowledge and they have the resources. You know, when the time comes where they've got to to transfer over and get you uh, compliant on something, they, they do have the ability to do so. So, mm-hmm. you know, hats off. For that, and ha- and hats off for them to uh, for them making the the commitment to to get this ready in time for that deadline because mm-hmm. it's it's going to be a huge commitment. But the kind of the uh, the the flip side of that um, is that it the the and I tweeted about this yesterday uh, because the GDPR uh, is so far reaching and has such v- severe consequences if you if we don't comply, it's really sucking up a lot of the oxygen for development and. And I really do think that it has delayed a lot of roadmap items uh, that we wanted to see uh, within success factors. And, uh, you know, th- so it's kind of an unintended consequence uh, of the, you know, uh, of putting this out there. And ironically enough, I think that one of the areas that uh, uh, is kind of been delayed because uh, of the GDPR compliance is some, thing, some efforts that SAP is making, some very noble efforts and timely efforts around um, around uh, a diversity and some of the things that they're doing around diversity. Well, uh, we're, we're having to put push those away a bit so that we can uh, spend the time on GDPR. So uh, not saying that it's not a good thing. It's, I'm just saying that there's been a, a lot of delay and pushback on some of the roadmap items uh, because GDPR has taken up so much time and resources from SAP. Yeah, they really had no choice, right? They, you know, something that they have to deliver on and, and the, it seems like they're doing a good job. They have a good roadmap for it. But um, yeah, I mean, when you take resources away to do that, something's going to suffer. So hopefully they can get that back on track in 2018, right? Let's hope so. Let's hope so. So Brandon, what what else did you want to bring up about 2017 and 2018? Um, things that you've seen in 2017 and how you'd like to see them develop in 2018? Well, 
you know, we've, we've already talked about the GDPR, so I won't really uh, touch on that. I think uh, another key thing that, that that happened in 2017, and we will see the results from it in 2018, is there were a lot of leadership changes in success factors, and, you know, that may uh, impact the direction somewhat. I mean, you want to give, uh, uh, you know, Amy Wilson and, and Greg Toomes some time to, to see uh, how they want to chart things, and maybe they want to do things a little bit differently. So uh, that was a, probably one of the big headlines from this last year was um, – you know, a little bit of a change in direction. And uh, we will see probably in 2018 uh, what the results of that are. Mm-hmm. But getting into the, my 2018 wish list items again, because uh, I work, you know, uh, a lot with Employee Central uh, on a day to day basis, uh, there's a couple of key areas. That, that I'm hoping to see results from. Um, the first one is actually kind of cross-platform, and that is the new reporting platform that uh, we keep hearing about. Uh, we're, I'll be really excited if we can get that out because that is something that customers can really get some benefit from. Right now, you're going to two or three different places uh, to meet all of your different reporting requirements, and uh, it will be really great if we can have a, a single place to do most of our reporting, uh, both in EC and recruiting and time off and, and everywhere. It will be that would be a huge win for us to to be able to have that um, available to us. And and then look, drilling into Employee Central in particular, uh, a couple of areas that that I'm I'm really looking forward to. Uh, one is time enhancements, and so right now uh, I, I work a lot with the with the time off module and and it also with time capture, and it will be really uh, great when uh, some of the key um, missing gaps in that area are are addressed, and supposedly that's coming in in Q2, so we're looking forward to that, and then uh, as well. Um, and and I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, I'm looking forward to Employee Central getting uh, the complete MDF treatment. Right now, uh, we have about half of the foundation objects are on MDF um, and then half aren't. And, uh, you know, there's some practical business reasons why um, that becomes uh, a bit of a challenge in implementations uh, that I won't get into now. But Suffice it to say, you're going to have a lot more flexibility and you're going to have a lot more uh, functionality available to you uh, once they get onto that MDF. And mm-hmm. hopefully by then we'll be able to jettison all these XMLs that we've been uh, using all this time because it uh, it, it uh, kind of makes it harder to adapt uh, as a business until you get everything onto that MDF. So I'm hoping that we will be able to spend more time um, getting those things up to speed in the in the next year once this GDPR is kind of behind us. Mm-hmm. One thing I just wanted to chime in, uh, you know, one thing Brandon mentioned was the leadership changes. And um, I had a chance a couple weeks ago to talk with with Greg Toom. And, you know, one thing, I, a couple things I found interesting was is he's a 25-year SAP veteran. So he's very familiar with sort of the on-premise customer base that SAP has. And, you know, I mean, he's he's very new to to HR, HR, the HR technology space. So, you know, I think there's some good and bad with that. But And and I get the sense that that he's there to try to influence some major changes over the next few years. Uh, And I think to me that's a good thing. Um, and one of the things I think we forget sometimes is even on this call today is we, we've talked mostly about cloud, but SAP still has, by various counts, 10 to 12,000 SAP HCM customers versus 2,000 employee central. We all agree that the future is moving to cloud-based technologies, but the question still, I think, with a lot of customers, SAP HCM or SAP payroll customers is the how. And one thing that I don't have any details on, but I heard on an ASOG call that Greg did a couple of weeks ago. Uh, was that there's going to be some form of 
safe passage type program being announced in 2018, um, where it's going to be, if I assume, if I understand that correctly, some, some way where it's easier for SAP HCM customers to move to Employee Central. So obviously the devil's going to be in the details, but that's a program that that I thought has been, should have came several years ago. And I think the easier that everyone can make it to get customers moved off of SAP HCM and into Employee Central and other areas, I think uh, the better. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's going to be, um, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take a long time, long time. Well, everyone, thanks for, um, you know, all of your perspective. It was, um, you know, we covered a lot of ground from payroll, GDPR, onboarding, recruitment. Um, gosh, a lot, lot of good stuff there. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting. Let's let's review this uh, this time next year and we'll maybe see uh, see how uh, it looks. Um, you know, we've done that before with the year-end podcast where we've come back and, and kind of done a true up to see, well, you know, how did it actually turn out versus how we wanted it to turn out? Um, I think that, uh, you know, as always, for customers, um, staying involved with, uh, with ASUG or whatever your country's SAP users group is, is important. Um, you know, keep in contact with SAP success factors always and, you know, ask them about the roadmap and ask them about, um, you know, what, what you should do and, and how you should plan. Um, you know, and I'll put a plug in for us consultants. You know, we, we will give you a, a third-party view of all of that. And I think that that's also good to have too. So, um, you know, guys, thanks for a great 2017 uh, full of podcasts. It's been fun. I think, uh, you know, we had some good ones this year and looking forward to, um, you know, 2018. I think it'll be uh, uh, another good year of podcasts, another good year of growth. So everyone, thanks. Great. I really appreciate all of your time on Thanks, that. Steve. Yeah, thanks, Steve. Happy thanks, holidays, Steve. everyone. Talk to yeah, you happy in Happy holidays. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, thanks to all of our listeners. We'll catch you next time.